Hey listeners, thank you for joining me for a special bonus episode of Creme de la Crime podcast. This story was too important not to share. So today I want to tell you about the mystery of the lost boys of Hannibal, Missouri. I felt the need to do something a little extra this week because sometimes there are special cases involving multiple disappearances that need to be shared and talked about. This is one of those stories. Today I want to tell you about the disappearance of three young friends by the names of Edwin Craig Dowell, also known as Craig, Joel Wise Hogue, also known as Joey, and William Francis Hogue, also known as Billy. Joey Hogue was born in 1954, and his brother Billy Hogue followed in 1956 to parents Helen and Mike Hogue. Joey and Billy had nine other siblings, five brothers and four sisters. Joey's family said he loved science, climbing hills, taking long walks, snakes, geology, astrophysics, and especially caves. So basically anything adventurous and outdoors. Their sister Lynn described Billy as having no interest in particular. He just loved to do whatever Joey was doing. It was normal for the brothers to hang out with other children in the neighborhood, and they were very adventurous. One of the local children they regularly spent time with was Craig Dowell, and he lived on Union Street with his parents and three brothers. Craig's mother said he loved riding bicycles and just about anything else outdoors, but he was also a little bit stubborn. Quote, We've talked to him, talked to him, talked to him about going into these caves, but he's still a boy. End quote. Craig and Joey were close to the same age and were both 8th graders at Hannibal Junior High at the time they disappeared. Even though we don't know their exact dates of birth, it was reported that when they went missing, Craig was 14, Joey was 13, and Billy was 11 years old. Hannibal, Missouri is a small town that sits along the Mississippi River. It's famous for being the childhood home of author Mark Twain, who wrote many stories about young boys going on adventures. It was even noted that according to the Missouri Department of Natural Resources, there are more than 7,300 caves in the state, including 20 that are open for public tours. One particular area the boys loved to explore was called Murphy's Cave. Some reports state that an entrance to this cave was discovered during this time because of the construction of Highway 79 that was taking place in the area. When Joey found out about this new cave entrance being exposed, he was set on him and Billy going to explore it. On Monday, May 8, 1967, Joey and Billy were exploring the cave when a construction worker spotted them and told them to get out of the cave because it was dangerous. Despite this warning, the boys returned with some of their friends the following night. Their mom scolded them that Tuesday night when they came home covered in mud, ordering them to wash their clothes and never go near the construction site or the cave again or they would be in serious trouble. The next day, on Wednesday, May 10, 1967, Joey and Billy's parents left for the meat market around 4 p.m. and told the older children to make sure the boys didn't leave the house. 
At some point, the two were able to slip out, and it was later reported a flashlight and shovel were missing from the Hogue home. Throughout the evening, they were seen by several of their friends in the neighborhood, one of these being Craig Dowell. The Hogue brothers also asked another one of their friends to go with them to the cave, but this friend got called in for dinner, so he wasn't able to go. From here, no one knows what exactly happened. There are multiple accounts and sightings of the trio throughout the evening. They were reportedly seen in Murphy's Cave around 4.35 p.m., but then gone a few minutes later. They were also spotted several more times around town between 4.40 p.m. and 5.15 p.m. Some of these reports stated that the boys were together, and some reported they were seen separately, and then they were spotted on top of a cliff called Lover's Leap by their school janitor. One source also stated that Lynn Strube and John Janes, 14 and 13 years old at this time, were the last people to see the three before they disappeared. Even though there are conflicting reports on when and where they were last seen, we know for sure that all traces of them were lost after 5.15 p.m. Lynn Strube stated she saw them carrying flashlights and a shovel, but they took no food with them indicating they weren't planning on being gone very long. They said they last saw the trio entering the new entrance of Murphy's Cave that had been carved out by construction through the south side of Hannibal. John Jane said that he walked with the three boys into the cave for approximately 18 feet, but turned around and went back when the others decided to take a left at one of the hundreds of tunnels located throughout this location. Lynn later stated that many of the kids in the area explored the caves for as long as three hours, and the trio was used to exploring local caves as well. A friend of the Hogue brothers stopped by the family home after their parents had returned home from the market, and their parents told this friend if they saw them to tell them to hurry back home. When Joey and Billy still were not home by 5.45 p.m., their brother Tim went out and started looking for them. Tim went to Murphy's Cave, where he ran into some of Joey and Billy's friends. These friends told Tim they had seen the trio going into the cave earlier, but after a quick search of the cave turned up nothing, Helen Ho called the police just before 6.30 p.m. A massive search was quickly conducted in the area that drew national attention. After reports of a cave-in taking place near Murphy's Cave, Police were afraid that the trio may have become trapped in a closed-off passageway. Along with police, groups like the Mark Twain Emergency Squad were brought in to help search for the boys. In total, over 200 cave explorers, both professional and amateur, searched Murphy's Cave, mapping it out as they went. It was reported that some of the passages they searched were so narrow that one of the more petite searchers around 100 pounds could barely squeeze through it. It's also important to note that this was not the first time disappearances had occurred in Missouri's caves. In the past, lost cavers had been found injured inside after a few days or in worse cases have been found dead under cave-ins much later. Police spoke to any witnesses they could find and one person claimed to have seen one of the boys returning to Murphy's Cave at a later time during the day, but this sighting was never confirmed. Experts from Washington, D.C. were brought in, and community buildings were converted into search hubs for rescuers and reporters. 
It was reported that this was the largest cave search ever conducted in the United States, with every known cave passage examined at least three times and steam shovels brought in to widen areas where possible cave-ins may have taken place. On May 12, 1967, only two days after the boys disappeared, the Hannibal Courier-Post released an article stating that rescuers were beginning to wonder if the boys were in fact inside the cave. They worked consistently with floodlights, and two police dogs named Nemo and Richter were brought into the cave, where both dogs hit at a side area and began scratching the mound of dirt and rock. This led to searchers bringing in equipment to open a new entrance in the tunnel that had been blocked by a landslide, but they ultimately found nothing related to the missing boys. A spokesman announced that they were almost certain the boys were not in the cave. Where the new entrance had been created was only 30 feet north from the opening the boys had reportedly used to enter the cave. The article went on to state that rescuers were starting to believe the boys might have left the initial area to explore another cave or possibly the wooded area. Mayor Harry Musgrove, along with the approval of Governor Warren Hearns, ordered the National Guard Company D to join the search starting from the Universal Atlas Cement Plant along the river to a point beyond the cave area. The Hoke family was also in agreement that the boys may have left to enter another cave and the entire family was involved in their own search party for the trio. State representatives made arrangements for hot meals to be served and businesses donated food and drinks to the Salvation Army to be served to workers at the caves. The donating companies were as follows. The National Food Store, Bluff City Dairy, Pastry Box, White Rose Diner, Pennywell's Oil Company, and the A&P. Additional groups from other surrounding areas also joined in the searches. Don Nicholson, who is now in his 80s, was one of the volunteers who helped search for the Lost Boys. He later told KOMU8 that searchers looked everywhere that could be reached. Quote, I don't think there's anything anybody could have done. I think the boys were lost underneath the road and they couldn't get to them. There was no hope. End quote. Within a few days of the boys not being found, investigators started searching trains that had left Hannibal around the time the boys were last seen, thinking they had possibly been abducted without anyone noticing. This ultimately never ended up turning up any new leads. Every abandoned house in the city's south side was searched, and a large-scale coming of the woods surrounding the area was also conducted. The preliminary search was officially called off after 10 days, but shorter, localized searches were launched within the next few days. By the end of June 1967, all official searches had been called off. The Hogue and Dowell families held on to the hope throughout the searches as people from all across the country poured in tips and leads, along with hundreds of thousands of dollars to the rescue efforts. The Courier-Post reported multiple tips. One tip was that a stray sock had been found near a cave entrance, and another stated that a mysterious red substance that looked like blood had been found at another. Letters poured into the police department and multiple people were saying the Mississippi River needed to be searched. There was also a reported sighting of adolescent boys in the St. Louis area, but after following up on this lead, those boys ended up being from Cape Girardeau. 
Psychics from all over the country contacted the authorities, relaying all kinds of visions and premonitions of what may have happened to the boys. But all of these leads ended up being dead ends. Decades later, a news article released on April 22, 2006, stated that a construction crew working at the site of a new elementary school uncovered the entrance to a small cave during construction. This discovery caused a lot of talk among local people because it reminded the community of the tragedy that occurred in the area all those decades ago. It was stated in the article that this cave entrance was searched, but nothing involving the missing trio was ever found in this cave. The Missouri Department of Transportation even brought in an expert to explore the cave, still finding nothing. During the press conference regarding the discovery of the cave, Kirk Gerana stated of the missing boys, quote, There was nothing like that whatsoever. There is a history here. There were three children that lived very close to this site. We know there is a local concern about those kids. We just need to be open and honest and share all information we have so people can trust we are doing the right thing, end quote. The cave entrance was temporarily closed after it was found so the company could bring in archaeologists to study the cave. Quote, Our next step is to have some archaeologists come in and see what they find and they will check the significance of what was found. They will make recommendations to us. Our intention is to be good stewards of the environment and keep everybody informed of where we are. End quote. After extensive searches of this newfound cave entrance, no trace of Joey, Billy, or Craig was ever found. The last update came in October of 2020. On John Wingate's website, it was reported that there was a new effort to keep mapping out Murphy's Cave. There were no reported plans to open up the cave system to the public, and the project is limited to, quote, skilled and experienced cavers only, end quote. The last report stated that no human remains had been found during the exploration of the cave. As you can probably imagine, Theories of all kinds have been speculated in the trio's disappearance, so I want to go through all of them in as much detail as possible. The first theory is that the boys ran away. There has never been any evidence to point to this, but when young children disappear, this is a common theory explored. I want to note that all three boys had plans at their family homes that evening and had not planned on being gone very long so I don't lean towards this theory. It's also very unlikely that three young boys could run away and never be noticed and remain undetected for decades. The next theory is that the boys went into a cave entrance of some kind, became trapped, and have remained undiscovered to this day. It was known that during the highway construction that was taking place, Sections of the road were being blasted to destroy them and make room for the new road. This created multiple holes and openings, and these holes were sealed up a few days after the boys were last seen, even though the mayor had ordered for them to be kept open. Dee Dee Hogue stated that she believes her brothers may have gotten trapped in one of these holes and was accidentally buried after they were sealed off. Even though the searches through the caves were extensive, Caves are vast and often uncharted, so it's very possible that even the most detailed of searches could have failed to find the boys. Another theory is that the boys did not go missing together. 
There were reported sightings of the boys together around Murphy's Cave, but there were also sightings where people claimed they had seen all three of the boys by themselves. This seems very unlikely to me, and there's not really much else to explore with this theory. I also want to remind everyone that eyewitness testimony is known to be very unreliable. There's also been speculation of a town cover-up. At the time they disappeared, remember I mentioned that machines were being used to search the caves. It was reported that these machines were able to dig as deep as 39 feet, but during the searches, the town mayor ordered them to go no further than 37 feet. People have speculated that the mayor and other officials didn't really want the boys to be found, out of fear of lawsuits if it could be proven the boys had died at a dangerous construction site. Also remember that the construction company had sealed up some of the cave openings against the mayor's orders to leave them open. D.D. Hoag stated, quote, When they blasted those holes open, they didn't put any kind of caution tape around them. I think the boys got buried in one of the holes, and I think someone from the construction company who ran the equipment knew that they had buried them, end quote. Another theory that's been discussed is a little far-fetched in my opinion, but I'm going to throw it out there for you anyway. Joey Hoke had reportedly written in a journal that he had seen a UFO over Lover's Leap shortly before he went missing. There had also been separate UFO sightings by others in nearby Michigan the year before they disappeared. There are people that think the boys were abducted by aliens. For me personally, I do believe that there is extraterrestrial life out there, but I just don't believe that they would want to abduct humans. But to be fair, I also never rule out the possibility of anything because the universe is vast and we just don't know what's out there. And finally, of course, stranger abduction is always considered, but the main theory surrounding this came from author John Wingate, who was a childhood friend of all three of the boys. In his second book, he explores the theory that John Wayne Gacy may have been responsible for the trio's disappearances. Upon first reading this suggestion, I kind of rolled my eyes a little, but after reading in depth why this is believed to be a possibility, it kind of changed my mind, so I'm interested in your feedback on this. John Wayne Gacy was convicted in Chicago in 1980 of killing 33 boys between the years of 1972 and 1978, but there has always been speculation he had more victims that were not located. At the time the boys went missing, John's home would have been within 300 miles of where the boys disappeared from. When John Wingate was scheduled to do a book signing at the Mark Twain Museum in Hannibal, he noticed a woman in the audience crying during his presentation. John later learned that this woman was a psychic from southern Missouri, and she reportedly, quote, saw the trio spirit energy manifest up front when I was speaking. That was the start of it, end quote. Several weeks later, John received a phone call from one of Joey and Billy's sisters, stating that a psychic in Hannibal had called her and stated, quote, I can tell you without a doubt the boys were killed by John Wayne Gacy, end quote. Following these two separate incidents, a third woman in Wyoming who helps police solve crimes was looking at photographs of the Hannibal boys when, quote, all of a sudden she was overwhelmed with these images of John Wayne Gacy brutalizing and burying the boys. 
The psychics maintained that the three boys were tortured, sodomized, suffocated, strangled, and buried in one grave. I had no idea this was coming. This is a story that found me. End quote. John Wingate said he was skeptical of the psychics at first, stating, quote, I've always been skeptical of this stuff, but each of these clairvoyants corroborated the other's findings independently. End quote. As he started to further explore the Gacy theory, he kept finding other connections that made it make sense. The theory is that Gacy was traveling through Hannibal when he saw the boys near the caves. It's speculated that he offered them a ride home, but then drove them to the wooded area nearby and assaulted, murdered, and buried them. Witnesses had reported seeing a mystery man on top of Lover's Leap in the days before the boys disappeared. It was reported that this man inserted himself into the searches before he also completely disappeared. To this day, no one has ever been able to identify who this man was. John Wingate stated, quote, For 52 years, the consensus has been that the three Hannibal boys were lost in a calamitous collapse inside the cave. But now this whole situation has rewritten that history and changed the ending from missing to murder, end quote. Even though three separate women that had no connections to each other reported this same vision, this was not the first time Gacy's name came up in connection with the missing trio. Many rumors went around Hannibal after Gacy was arrested about whether or not he could have been in town when the trio vanished. It was even stated that the Hannibal police had contacted the FBI after Gacy was caught to inquire about any possible connection. Come to find out that at the time the boys disappeared in 1967, Gacy was living and working in Waterloo, Iowa, and his mother was living in Little Rock, Arkansas. John Wingate said that if Gacy were to go visit his mother, he would have been driving from Waterloo to Little Rock and would have had to take Highway 61, which would have taken him right through Hannibal. As part of his research, John said he drove the psychic separately through parts of Hannibal on different dates in August and September of 2018. Quote, I wanted to see what they picked up on, and without exception, all three of them picked the same locations. In all three cases, we'd find ourselves standing at the same location on three different days. It's beyond coincidence. End quote. It was also noted that during these visits with the psychics, one of them suggested that Gacy was also involved in the disappearance and deaths of John Wagner in February of 1968 and Ricky Enox in June of 1977. John Wagner disappeared after he dropped his little brother off at a school dance, and Ricky disappeared after he left his home in Monroe City with an unidentified person in a vehicle with Illinois license plates. Wingate said that he realizes that psychic-driven theories will make people very skeptical, but, quote, I decided just to lay it out and let people decide for themselves, end quote. And that's exactly why I'm sharing this theory with you today. There has never been any evidence to suggest that John Wayne Gacy is responsible for any of these disappearances mentioned, and he was executed by lethal injection on May 9, 1994. A man by the name of Charles W. Stewart self-published a book called A Sorrow of the Heart, dedicated to the Hannibal Boy's disappearance. He was quoted calling the disappearances the most tragic event to have occurred in the city of Hannibal, end quote. 
Charles remembers when the boys disappeared and said the case has always stuck with him to this day. In his book, he conducted interviews with former police officers and local residents who took part in the searches. Quote, I'm not a conspiracy person, but there are some things mentioned in the book simply because they are there. End quote. Charles is one of the people who believe the boys were trapped and entombed during the construction. He even stated that he found eerie parallels to Mark Twain's stories. Quote, there are 60 quotes from Twain's books which pertain to this story. I put 25 of them in this book, end quote. Charles hopes ground-penetrating radar may be able to locate the boys one day. Quote, there may be a time when we have sensitive enough equipment, but I doubt it. The fact the boys simply vanished into thin air is the most fascinating and frustrating part of the story. There was never a single trace. Nothing. Outside of people saying they saw the boys going up that way, there was never a single trace and that's compelling. End quote. I also want to let you know that there is a podcast that has deeply studied and discussed this case. Two guys named Frankie and Chris started a podcast that aired in July of 2019 called The Lost Boys of Hannibal. I wanted to mention them because even though I'm talking about this case today, they have done an extensive deep dive into this case and have also stated they're determined to solve it. So after you finish this episode, if you want to go even deeper, I would highly suggest checking them out or reading one of the few books available about this case. Frankie told St. Louis on the air that he feels after three seasons they may be finally getting closer to the truth behind what happened. Quote, It is very possible that we could become closer than any other individual has to find out what happened to these boys. End quote. The hosts of the show have asked anyone who remembers the disappearances to contact them with any information they may have. They have promised to pass on anything of importance to the police. Under Missouri law, missing persons cases are never closed and remain open until they are solved. Craig Dowell's half-brother, Bill Dean, told the Hannibal Courier-Post that he still hopes the mystery will one day be solved even after all of this time. Quote, it's just the uncertainty. That's the hard part. Not knowing what happened. They just disappeared off the face of the earth. There's a few of us left that want some answers. End quote. Craig Dowell, Joey Hogue, and Billy Hogue were last seen on May 10, 1967 in Hannibal, Missouri. Craig Dowell is a Caucasian male and was 14 years old at the time of his disappearance. The clothing he was last known to be wearing, along with his height and weight, are unknown. Joey Hogue is a Caucasian male and was 13 years old at the time of his disappearance. He was last seen wearing a t-shirt and jeans, and his height and weight are unknown. Billy Hogue is a Caucasian male with red hair and blue eyes. He was 11 years old at the time of his disappearance, and his height and weight are unknown. Their cases are classified as lost or injured missing. If you have any information regarding the disappearances of Craig Dowell, Joey Hogue, or Billy Hogue, please contact the Hannibal Police Department at 573-221-0987. Thank you for tuning in for this bonus episode, and as always, don't forget to keep your eyes and ears open out here. Until next week, this is Sam, 
signing off. 